Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Sunday afternoon, Monday morning. Glad to be with you here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. This is the time of year now. It's starting to get chilly out there, so maybe you head over to Strange Brew for one of their piping hot drinks to get you through that icy cold morning. It's going to be cold. This I feel like the cold is finally starting to, to set in, which is good for me. You know, And next week is when we got daylight savings, so it's going to be dark and cold. That's the time to have a hot drink. God, I hate daylight savings now because, hey, it's, it means I need more caffeine mm-hmm. because, you know, like kids wake up at 7. Well, now they're waking up at 6. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, but people, you know, politics is so divided in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Divisive. Yes. Both sides. Yes. The, the left can't agree with the right and vice versa, right? Nine days away from election day. Exactly. If one candidate came out today and said, if elected, I will I will end daylight savings, he'd win with like 65% of the vote, yeah. right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I should do that. Hardcore liberals would vote for Trump. <laughs> Hardcore conservatives would vote for Biden if they just said... <laughs> I will eliminate daylight savings. Like I can live with every other policy that guy, that idiot has. But if he's going to do that, I can, I can live with it. Maybe I want it the other way. Maybe I just want it daylight savings year round. Whatever it is, just keep it the same. I want it the same. I, I don't want it to be dark at five fifteen. Yes. So I'm going to say, whatever, whatever. When it spring, it's spring forward all year round. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it was started for farmers, right? To give the the kids who were on the farm. An extra hour of daylight to work in the the prime mm-hmm. farming times. Well, I mean, is in this day and age, is that really necessary? I don't. I, I look. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. I know farmers listen. If you want to tell me I'm wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. But I think our friend David Brent now lives in a part of the country where they don't have to work. Arizona. About this. I don't believe they yes. have daylight saving signs. At but, least, or at least maybe in parts of Arizona. Well, anyway, the the other. But the problem with that is the time they have of daylight. It's 117 degrees with no humidity. It's it's dry. Dry. It's the surface of the sun. But there's no humidity, so it's just like a 70 degree here. Yeah, it's just like, you know. I'm just kidding. It's, instead it's, of, you know, it's hot. 115 degrees is hot. Me, you know, sticking your hand on the oven and dumping a bucket of water over you, it's just your hand on the oven. Yes. There you go. Strange Brew Coffee House, turn and spin ice cream. <laughs> they always get the best discussions out of us. Uh, our good friends over at College Corner want you to know that right now, if you want to keep your house maroon and white, they've got all the gear there that you need, not only for your person, not only to, you know, to, to go to work or go to the, the gym or whatever it is you want to wear maroon and white too, but in your house as well. They've got all the stuff to make your home watch parties even better. Great tailgating gear, great platters and plates to put all the appetizers out there and all that good stuff and all the games you want to play around the house. So, Go by there today. Two locations in Jackson to serve you. There's one in Ridgeland. There's one in Flowood. And, of course, you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. 
Advantage Business Systems knows that as we get closer and closer to the holiday season, your business has to be working for you, not you working for your business. So why don't you give them a call today and put their experience to work for you? They've got 45 years of experience in this state helping businesses just like yours. You need to upgrade your technology. You need things to be more efficient around your office. Give them a call. 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Joel, you like making money? Love it. Love it. Well, that's a good thing. The bad thing for you, <clears throat> excuse me, is that I know as a man of cloth... Have to bet to get it? You might have to bet to get it, but Mississippi State is a 33-point underdog to Alabama. As far as I can tell, that's the biggest point spread I, I could find in recent memory. The one that stood out to me that I thought, okay, maybe it would be more, was the 2016 game for Mississippi State against Alabama. Alabama number one in the nation. That state team was, I think, four and... Uh, six coming into the game, and or four and five, I could be wrong. And they were only a 29 point underdog. And that was, you know, Fitzgerald's first year as a starter, Peter Sermon's defense. They lost 51 to three. So if you bet Alabama plus or minus 29 that day, you were a winner. If you bet Alabama minus 33, Joel, are you going to be a winner? First instincts, yes. Okay. And it's because, I mean, if state. Has a goose egg in Tuscaloosa. I'm not surprised. Okay. So, I mean, could I see Alabama winning 34 to nothing? Yep. Sure could. Could I see Alabama winning 41-7? Yep. Sure could. Uh, it's really hard to say, as well as Mississippi State has played defensively, that they're going to give up 34 or 41 points. But this is Alabama. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, State... We don't know that whether it's KJ Costello or Will Rogers, which I, I, I still kind of think it's going to be Will Rogers now. I do too. We'll, we'll see. We talked to Mike Leach, of course, on, on Monday afternoon. Um, there's no guarantees that you don't end up with some pick sixes or turnovers and puts the defense in bad spots. And I mean, I'm not a betting man, so I can say this. Uh, I kind of lean towards. I think they that Alabama may cover. <laughs> That's my first my first thought. Do you disagree? I, I'm not sure right this second. You know, I got I got until Friday to make that decision. Yeah. I guess on sports talk. Um, I, I do have trouble seeing this defense giving up 40 plus. So if if it does happen, it's going to be a shutout, a 38 to three. Yeah. Or I mean, and, and there's a difference between 38 and 41, or a 34 nothing kind of game. But by that same token. Alabama likes to run some man. Now, I don't think Saban is so dumb to say, you know, we're going to go strictly man. He'll definitely work a lot of his own. But there will be some times they want to bring pressure and they decide they want to go man. And if State can do any kind of job on the offensive line, which, again, is asking a lot these days, um, they can maybe get on the board a little bit. You know, I, I did like what I saw from Rodgers. He looked like he was getting the ball out a little bit quicker um, last week. So maybe they can get some points on the board. I don't, I don't know. That's for sure. So that's just a lot of points. It's just a lot. It is. It is. You know, I mean, it, like you said, if they win 38-7, I mean, that's a big win. But they didn't cover. But they didn't cover. So that's a, that's a, that's a tough call uh, for me right now. I, my, I guess my, my next question to you is, are, are you surprised they're that big an underdog? Again, think about what I said with 2016 and how bad that team was. And I mean, only a 29 point. I'm underdog. not surprised, Brian, because, look, this team has been, your word, not mine, Putrid. That is my word. Offensively. They've been terrible yeah, offensively. You're right, you're right. So, I mean... But they've been so good defensively, though. 
Yeah, but I mean, Georgia's defense gave up forty something to Bama. True. True. So I mean, if you're going to do that, it, I mean, again, every game is a game unto itself. You can't transitive property, whatever. But if Georgia's going to give up forty plus, I mean, State's defense could easily have a breakdown or two and get put in some bad spots by in a, you know an offense that didn't move in the ball and some short fields and. I mean, nobody's shocked if State loses 40-something to 7. I think the biggest issue is that, and Vegas isn't going to take this into account, but they almost could, is you almost feel like State will give away a touchdown via turnover in the game. You really do. They've done it. They've done it three out of four games. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. And then, uh, let, let's say it's not KJ, it's Will Rogers. Okay, you got a true freshman making his first career start in Tuscaloosa. Right. I mean, it's not to say you can't be successful, but that's yeah. a tough assignment. And even, you know, people want to point at, like, John Rice Plumley a year ago in Oxford. Well, I mean, yeah, or, or now, I mean, that game was in Tuscaloosa. And yeah, he played pretty well and almost put some points on the board. I don't think they covered, though. They still gave up, I think it was like 59-33, something like that. So, I mean, they still gave up a ton of points, and, and I don't think they covered. So even though Plumley had some success, it didn't lead to a win, and it certainly didn't even lead to a, a cover. You know, and I don't really like going the gambling route too much on this show. We do a lot of that on Sports Talk, which I, I, I'm cool. I like to gamble, but I just found it odd and interesting that State was such a huge underdog. I mean, what does it say about you offensively that you have the number one defense in the in the Southeastern Conference and you're a almost five touchdown underdog to somebody? That's a that's a real that's to me right there because the guys in the desert are completely unemotional. Yeah. They're not they are not fans. They're not saying, "Oh, they they don't care who the quarter, you know. They're not worried about Kylan Hill leaving the team. They're simply looking at the numbers and they're making their decisions." And they're telling you that you're a f- you're five touchdowns worse than this team and we don't care how good your defense is. Well, that all of the things you just mentioned are part of why the spread's as big as it is. I mean, quarterback uncertainty. Kylan Hill still unavailable as far as we know. Yeah, haven't got any kind of official no kind word of, on that yet. Yeah, and we'll of course ask Mike Leach again on Monday. Um, gotta feel like they'll say something, don't you? Do you think? Uh, unless you just want to keep kicking the can down the road, possible. Which I guess you could do, but um, I mean, all all that. It's tough to not draw those odds to write about where they're at. I mean, I I think it's a good line because it's. I mean, we just had a sec uh, a section of our show dedicated to it can they can't they and you can make about a 50 50 argument either way so that to me means it's a pretty darn good line it's right about where you should draw it yeah i mean if you had to all right that vegas hired brian haydad today what do you draw in the line because it's right about there for me i would have had it a little little lower 24 and a half 27 and a half because to me if it's 24 and a half give me bama all day give me state you mean i mean bama's Bama's winning by more than 24, I oh, you would think. think. I, I would think. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I misspoke there. Yeah, you're probably right. At least, you know, objectively, I'll, I'll if you're projecting I'll be interested to see, it. you know, the next couple of days how this line moves. If, it, if, if, if the money comes in on state thinking that's just too many points, that Mike Leach could scheme up something coming off of a bye week to get, some, get something going there. You know, and if state – what state needs to have happen in terms of covering – is a defensive score. Yes. And another yes. one of those would go a long way uh, for Mississippi State. Um, State has, outside of the LSU game, State has not covered this year. I guess they're one and I guess they're one and three against the spread. Um, I don't know. Just it's just a big number for a team that you know four weeks ago we we were talking about 
could challenge Alabama. And now, you know, obviously, it's not the case, not the case anymore. So, but that said, just to plant a little flicker of hope for you guys. I mean, this is the Mike Leach way, right? The yeah. inexplicable loss and the ridiculously big win. You already got one against LSU. Could you get another one? Two in one year? Get the full experience? I don't think so, but I will say that stranger things have happened for Mississippi State. You know, in hindsight, with the four games now being played and we see what those teams kind of are a little bit, maybe the most inexplicable game so far mm-hmm. is no longer State it's beating Kentucky. LSU. It's losing to Kentucky. By 22. Yeah. Yeah, because Kentucky's not any good. At all. Yeah. Yeah. If you had... You have to rank them. There's none of this okay. big cluster in the middle, whatever. What, my all 14? The last... The bottom three right now is State, Kentucky, Vandy, right? Or is Carolina in that mix? Ole Miss is in that mix, too. Ole Miss in that mix, too. There's five. Yeah. How, how do you... Of those five, uh, how would you rank I have to put Kentucky ahead of State. Because they beat them. Because they beat them. So, I would go... Then Ole Miss beat Kentucky, so... I would say Kentucky... Oh, man. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, hard to not have State, like, 13th out of 14 right now. I would have State ahead of Ole Miss, believe it or not. Maybe I'm just a homer, but having the top-ranked defense has some weight for me. I feel like they can slow the Ole Miss offense down, and Ole Miss can't stop it. Ole Miss, to me, outside of Van- Vanderbilt and Ole Miss have... Uh, each have a fatal flaw. And they play each other this weekend, so we get to see whose is worse. Vanderbilt can't move the football at all. Ole Miss cannot stop anybody. State can't move the football at all, but they can at least stop people. And and Ole Miss, you know, they can't stop anybody, and their offense isn't so great. Yeah, they had a fantastic day against Alabama. Don't get me wrong. but And Florida. And Florida. But then they threw six interceptions. You know, they, 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 can, they can stop themselves sometimes. Has that defense improved a little bit, though? I haven't watched enough Ole Miss to know, but I know from scores. I watched the game yesterday as we're, as we're recording, and uh, I mean Van, Auburn averaged like eight yards a carry, and they just did the, the typical Bo Nix. Let's try to throw the ball, and if they just line up and run the football, they probably would have won a lot easier. Yeah. But that said, and we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> you know, Ole Miss certainly had their opportunities. I mean, Vanderbilt is clearly last. Yes. And then it's I don't know who the the, the best of the worst is yeah. after that. It's it's really tough. And then, well, the good news is because if any of them beat anybody, play each other. Ole Miss plays South Carolina. State plays Ole Miss. So you know we'll, we'll get some clarity on that by the end of the year. In reality, outside of Alabama, you know Georgia, Florida, Texas A and M are good. Everybody else is is crap. Yeah. LSU sucks. Uh, Missouri is not that good. Although they're, they're better than I thought they were going to be. I mean, at this Auburn point, is. Uh, some is the SEC officiating offense away from being zero and five. So I have no idea who the best of the worst is. I don't know. Yeah. It's so interesting now to look ahead at the schedule because, like the Missouri game, which at the beginning of the year W, you would just yeah. say W. I mean, if State loses that game, no one shocked, right? Now, and especially when you consider it's coming right off the Egg Bowl, the most emotional game of the year. You know, would anything be more Mississippi State than to win the Egg Bowl and then lose to Missouri? It's right there. So. Lots to take in, but 33 points is a lot of points. It is a lot I, of points. I will be interested to see how that line moves uh, throughout the week. Let's move on into our next topic that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. If you haven't had a Thunder and Lightning burger yet, well, I don't know what to tell you. You need to check out the food truck. They will be open all weekend long. And, of course, you can always pop in and grab yourself something to cook. Some delicious steaks, the best burger grind in the city of Starkville. 
They've got plenty of. They got all the, all the cuts too: sirloin, strip, ribeye, fillet. Maybe you can hanger steaks, Maybe you can luck steaks. up one day, walk in there, and they'll have some of that brisket mac and cheese waiting on That's you. That's right. They they are starting to get more and more into that ready made stuff. There's more stuff coming at Welcome Home Beef. I promise you that the brisket mac and cheese. I still I need to go over there. That's going to happen this week. It is really good. That's happening this week. I promise you. So, what more do you need to know? Head over there today, or call them at 662-268-8148 to place your order. Visit them online at facebook.com/slash Welcome Home Beef. Wherever you order it, whatever you order, one thing's for sure: it just tastes good. All right, well, we were all watching college football on Saturday. Mississippi State did a little recruiting work and flipped Deshaun Page from Texas Tech, the nation's top-rated inside linebacker in the junior college ranks, according to 24-7's composite rating. Uh, Six-foot-two, 225-pounder from East Mississippi, which means he's not playing uh, at this time. Uh, had a bunch of Big 12 offers. Uh, he had offers from Kansas State, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, uh, and then, of course, decides he wants to be at Mississippi State. Had, was once committed to two different Big 12 schools. There you go. I mean, you know, he's got commitment issues. It'll be all right. <laughs> um, State now has the top two linebackers in junior college football committed to them in uh, in Page and uh, in Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, Community College inside linebacker Devontae Strong. This is a very uh, linebacker-friendly offense. Our defense, we're learning uh, from Zach Arnett, they they are those are the playmakers in this defense. They're the ones who are getting after the passer. The, the The line is doing a good job of eating up space to allow these guys to make plays. And now you're just adding two more good athletes. It appears to the mix and big kids too. I mean, six two two twenty five, six one two thirty. They really fit the bill of what it looks like Zach Arnett wants in his defense. Yeah, you know we what we say whenever Leach came. I mean, if you could just. Keep doing what you were doing recruiting-wise defensively mm-hmm. that eventually this thing's going to work because Leach's offense is going to work. I know that that may be a controversial statement now At given time, the, the yes. last four weeks, but I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I still, you know, I, I don't have any doubt. There's, there's no doubt in my mind, I promise you. I know you're thinking, Brian, you of all people, positive? I know, I get it. And I'm not turning over a new leaf or anything. I just I see the guy's track record, and I just believe he'll figure it out. And I see him recruiting, you know, better receivers than states ever recruited in in the past two decades. And I know he's going to get quarterbacks. And I'm I'm just not going to I'm just not going to fret over it. The guy has always been able to produce offense. What he hasn't been able to do is produce defense. Well, he's got a great defensive coordinator right now in Zach Arnett. They'll have to do a lot of work to keep him over the next couple of years, I would imagine. But it feels like Mississippi State has at least made that commitment to hiring good coordinators now. You know, the, the price of poker has gone up. State increased its assistant pool, and they bring in Arnett. And their defensive recruiting for this class, now look, I know, you know, the defensive line is not strong in this class, and a lot of that is because the defensive line class in the state of Mississippi is not strong. We've, we've, we've said it over and over again about Ty Cooper, that, you know, here's a guy who is the number one defensive lineman in the state this year. And he's rated as the number, uh, according to 24-7, the number 18 player in the state. Think about that. Think about Mississippi the past few years and, and all the defensive line talent that Mississippi has produced. In 2019, the number one defensive lineman in the state was the number four player in the state. 
then the number five player in the state was a defensive lineman. And the number six player in the state was a defensive lineman. And the number seven player in the state was a defensive lineman. And the number nine player, the number 11 player, were all defensive linemen. Not five of the top 11 were defensive <laughs> linemen. You know, in 2020, it was, you know, again, 2020 was a bit of a step back from the 2019 class, but you still had the number one player in the state was a defensive lineman. So was the number four player in the state. And uh, so was the number, um, there, was a, there was one more guy in the state last year, the number 16 player in the state. So you had three of the top 16. You just, you just have better, this is just a bad year. And next year in the state, the top two players in the state, guess what they are? Defensive linemen. They're defensive linemen, Jaheim Onis and Xavier Harris. So I, I don't know that state's going to get them both. I don't know that state's going to get either one. But they're in the match. They're at least in the shooting match for them. So yeah, this year's class not great for the defensive line. But you feel like in the secondary you're doing okay. You've got you know good players there, and then you've got some good players at the linebacker position now. These two JUCO guys, you know, MJ Daniels in the secondary is a good player. He'll be a good player. Cortez Eatman. I know there's some a lot of smoke around him maybe not being part of this class, but as it sits right now, good player. Um, I know they like Corey Ellington a lot and Mizell Williams a lot. And then Trevon Marshall, a guy that you know doesn't have a lot of recruiting hype, but he's having a big year over there in Georgia in their highest uh, classification. I, he seems like a guy who's going to get a big boost at some point in his recruiting ranking. So to go back, I say all that to say what Joel said is correct, that Bleach is looking like he's going to finally be able to pair a good defense with his offense. If, I feel like if you were getting – this is not even low-end Leach offense results. This is off the, the, the grid for him in terms of how bad it is. And he has admitted such. Yeah. If he was even getting the low end of his normal production, State would probably be 3-1 and one and would probably be looking at a, a big season. But because they're, they're not, they're not. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's, it's just as simple yeah. as I can put it. So uh, that makes brings State up to a total of 20 commitments. They're ranked 27th nationally, which is, you know, if you listen to this show for the entirety of the summer, people were complaining they're in the 40s and 50s. I said, look, when the class starts to fill up at the, yep. at the average star ranking they're at, they're going to end up being in the top 30 somewhere. It's 21st by rivals. Well, I, I don't look at rivals. Yeah, I just... You know, if I don't it, like the rivals because who is covering that for Mississippi State? Well, I'm just Nobody saying... Nobody in Starkville. If, if you want to... Uh, I don't. If, if you want to be a, even more of a sunshine Even more pumper, positive. Uh, there's that. Yeah. And, I mean, trying to, let's look and see you know, the, the, the remaining targets. Obviously, they, they would like to get Ty Cooper. The class ranking will go up a little bit when Kadarius Callaway inevitably, apparently recommits to, and flips back to Mississippi State, which would be huge. You know, Imagine taking a guy right off of Alabama. It doesn't really matter what the semantics are. You just, if I can just say I, I took the guy off of Alabama, that's, that's good times for Mississippi State. Um, and then you know, a few other guys as well. Could they get a guy like Amante Watkins or, Jay, or, Watkins, I'm sorry, or Jalen White? Could they flip Deion Smith? I don't know the answer to that. But this class will, in all likelihood, end up in the low 20s to, to high 30s, around the same area that Moorhead and Mullen have had them. But that will be a better recruiting class than they've ever had before. Or that when I say they, I mean Mike Leach and staff. Yep. You know, at Washington State, he was consistently in the 50s. So now he's going to jump into the, you know, if, if he's 26th, I mean, yeah, I feel pretty good about that, especially when you've got your top quarterback target, a big four-star kid. you got two four-star wide receivers coming in who will probably play a good bit next year. Yeah, you feel pretty good about that, I yeah. would think. The, the negative Nancy part of that is mm. 
that it's the best recruiting class classes that Mike Leach has ever had, but like what ten of the fourteen teams in the conference are still ahead of him recruiting wise. Well, yeah, but, but that's been that was that's the always the case under Mullen and under yes, Moorhead. Yes, you know you're what you have to do is hope you hit on the right guys and you develop the other guys and you and you'll be fine. So I'm not too terribly uh, worried about that. I'll tell you something I am terribly terribly worried about though. It's something that's important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right, no no MSU football, obviously, this week, but we do have an MSU person not getting any coffee. And unfortunately, I don't know this person's name, but they deserve to be called out for their shenanigans, and that is this Rally Banana Twitter account. Who decided they needed to tweet out that KJ Costello's out having a beer Saturday night? The hell's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't want you to delete the tweet. I want you to delete the account. First off, you're the MSU Rally Banana account. Way to stay relevant. All right. I don't know if you've noticed. It's not 2018 anymore. That team is, you know, they, they've come and gone. Uh, and secondly, where the hell do you get off? KJ Costello is totally legal age. State's not playing. They're not practicing. The guy can't go out and have a beer, let off a little steam. And the best part of this to me, Joel, was he tagged ESPN and the SEC Network in it like it's breaking news. Can't you see Peter Burns? We're going to hold off on coverage of this Alabama-Tennessee game. Breaking news from the MSU rally banana. KJ Costello had a beer. He was out trying to pick up chicks in the Cotton District. (laughs) <laughs> My God! I mean, get a life isn't strong enough for you, man. Just, just bad, bad, bad all around. <laughs> what what goes through somebody's head on that? Like, like the guy's not allowed to go out and, and have a beer and, and and grab something to eat and and hang out with his classmates or his teammates. Oh, you know, I'm supposed to believe he was there alone. Was there were there any other players there? How deep was your investigative reporting? And. If I'm not mistaken, I think that I have to go back and look, but I think the tweet was sent at like 7 p.m. Oh yeah, it was so, early. So it's not like it's 2 a.m. and yeah. the dude's out. Yeah, if you tell me, look, KJ Costello is you know obviously tripping on LSD at cowbells at two in the morning. <laughs> He's out there with two glow sticks. All right, maybe you got my attention. He's having a beer at seven o'clock with some. Get out! Just get out! This is what I was talking about, by the way. Let's move on. I mean, I just... Where was he supposed to be? Yeah. Like, this guy thinks he should be, like, in, in, in the film room, I guess, at all times. Like, I've got to figure out how to stop throwing interceptions. Like, my God, the guy's allowed to go for a meal. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, in the SEC, you know, as much as I'd love to give it to a team, I'm going to give it to my favorite people, the officials. I don't know. Great article today. If you haven't seen it already, <laughs> check out Joe Goodman from AL.com. Basically lays it out that Auburn should be 0-5. That the SEC, in all of their wins, has given away a massive momentum-swinging play. In the Arkansas game, it straight up won the game. Yes. It's the difference between wins and losses. In Kentucky, I mean, is it different? They If they get the touchdown there, which they clearly had, is it a different game? Maybe. I don't know. It's not like Kentucky's any good. And then Ole Miss up seven, or I'm sorry, up one, should be recovering the ball in the end zone to go up eight. Now, I know a lot of people are saying it balanced out because there was a hold, but on the kickoff return, that wasn't really a hold. And, and their, their logic is 
he was already past the plate. And I get that, but a hold is a hold. So if it gets called, it gets called. I don't have a whole lot. But the guy clearly, the ball clearly hits the guy's hand. Yes. And once again, and then, does anybody really believe they reviewed that? How quick? We reviewed it and just didn't warrant. Really? I feel like I'm on the movie Friday. You don't have to lie, Steve Shaw. You don't have to lie. They just lied. That's a lie. I can't wait. I cannot wait to get on Sports Talk today and hear Richard Cross, who has defended the officials against my attacks for these past two years. He's finally going to have to just agree. And our good friend and host, Steve Robertson, pointed something out. Remember when they created the SEC official Twitter account and they were going to go through all this stuff? Yeah. That has just become a ridiculous... They just tweet the same thing every week. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, Joel, that if we get to SEC media days, I'm going to ask Steve Shaw about like what happened there. What happened to that account? Why didn't it become? Why did it not become what you guys said it was going to become? Because I want to know the answer. Yeah. So, Auburn Jesus and the SEC officials, a match made in incompetent heaven. Ugh. They're saving Gus Malzahn's job is what they're doing here. Yes. Yeah, because he should be 0-5. At the very least, they should be 1-4. I might give them the Kentucky game, but Ole Miss, if Ole Miss goes up 8 there, they're probably winning that football game. I, I'm not invested in Auburn Twitter or Auburn message boards, but what's... Because they're what, 4-1? and one. Yeah, no, they're 3-2. and 3-2? and two. Yeah, they lost to South Carolina. That's right, that's right. And Georgia. I, I just wonder what the... Well, they, they've always hated Malzahn, so yeah. I, I'm assuming that this... I don't know. They might just rather their team be losing. Yeah. So they could go ahead and have a case to move on. But. Of course, say that. His buyout's $21 million. Yes. So. Probably not something that they're ready to spend during yeah. a pandemic. And then nationally, we're back with the Big Ten, Penn State. Congratulations, Ben Portnoy and all, yeah, all of the Indiana ben Portnoy ties. And Courtney, Rob, and Mackenzie Salmon, our good friends who are big Hoosier fans. Congrats to you, but come on. Guys, here's a, here's a football rule. First off, as a fan, how many times have you said, just let them score? And it's great strategy, and no one ever does it. Give kudos to Tom Allen. He did it. But then give the take those kudos and take them away from Penn State. When the Red Sea opens up for you, take a knee. It, they're, they're trying to stop you. They're, they're, they want you to score there. All right? So they don't, and then what do we get? Indiana ties the game, and then they win the game on the, the most incre- one of the most incredible two-point plays you'll ever see. The, it like the Sistine Chapel, the football <laughs> touching the pylon. What a thing of beauty that was. But James Franklin at Penn State, no coffee for you. Welcome back. Welcome back to college football. I'm so glad that the Big Ten is back. A lot of fun to watch, but no coffee. Yeah. No coffee in Happy Valley. Decaffeinated in Happy Valley. Yeah. There you go. Or at least decoffeed. I guess you could, you could, have, co- you could have a Coke. Get they can. Caffeine. They can. So, All right. Tomorrow's show, uh, we'll, we'll see what uh, Mike Leach has had to say because we'll, we'll record after. There's just too much going on. Uh, about quarterback change, possibly. About Kylan Hill, possibly. So we'll recap that. We've got our picks. Joel now two up on me because I am an idiot. You know, Joel, there are just certain people in this life you shouldn't rely on. I'm on that list. You probably shouldn't rely too much on me. But Will Muschamp is high on that list. And if I lose this because I picked Will Muschamp, I'm going to be angry. I might be angry as him in that Florida clip where he's just, God, why am I so stupid? That's that's, that's how I felt like. I'm stupid, stupid, stupid. (laughs) Well, the good news for you is 
Uh, we're going through an SEC season where anybody literally can anybody can beat anybody. So. We have learned that outside of Alabama, there is no sure thing. Yeah. So so we got that tomorrow. Uh, rumblings coming up. We'll have our friend Brett Hudson on this week to look at the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, maybe, a few other, maybe a few other surprises as well. You never know with us here on Thunder and Lightning. Hope you guys had a great weekend and ready for another great week uh, of MSU podcasting from Joel and I. For Joel... T. Coleman. I'm Brian Adad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. I got long side burns and my hair slick back. I'm coming to your town. And my pink Cadillac, I'm just a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.